Hey, thanks for joining us this week on the podcast. We're going to continue what we started last week with the I Am series. This week, Pastor Nathan is going to be bringing a message entitled, I Am the Good Shepherd. You don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Hey, we'd love to hear from you. If you want to write to us this week, you can go to the website, tbcashville.org. And you can go to the contact page there and send us a message and let us know that you're enjoying the podcast. Here's Pastor Nathan with part two of the I Am series, I Am the Good Shepherd. John chapter 10. If you were here last Sunday, you know we sung, Is He Worthy? Two Sundays in a row. But I cannot think of a more relative song for our world right now. Is our world broken? It is. Is people hungering and thirsting for hope and truth? They are. But thank God He's worthy. We're going to look into God's Word at John chapter 10 and verse 11. The Bible says that I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Last week, Pastor Winston started or kicked off a seven-week series that we're going to be going through as a church entitled Knowing the I Am. Pastor Winston, myself, and Pastor Ralph will be studying the seven I Am statements of Jesus found in the Gospels. And we'll be presenting you what each of the seven separate statements means for us as believers. Last week, Pastor Winston preached about, I am the door. And this week, we're going to look at what I just read in verse 11, when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. When we talk about knowing the I am, we're talking about knowing Jesus on a deeper and more intimate level. When Jesus declared that He is the I am in John 8, 58, He was declaring His power, His provision, and His position. He is ultimately saying that I am the answer to your question, I am the solution to every problem, and I am the remedy to every sin-sick soul. Stop looking inside yourself and at religion for who you are and stop, start seeing who I am. As I said, Pastor Winston preached a message on I am the door found in John chapter 10 and verse 9. He preached about what you find at the door, perfect peace, powerful protection, personal provision, and a passionate pursuit. And these two I am statements are tied together because the door is a responsibility of the shepherd. But yet there's so much more at what the shepherd does in our lives besides just being the door. And that's what we want to look at this morning. John chapter 10, verse 11, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And if I'm going to know the shepherd, and if I'm going to follow the shepherd, I must learn to recognize his voice. You say, what do you mean? Look at John chapter 10. Go back a few verses. The beginning of the chapter, verses 3 and 5. The Bible says, to him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him. Why? For they know his 
voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of a stranger. I want to talk about, just for a few minutes, listening to the shepherd's voice. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you so much for the worship that's already happened in this place. God, we thank you for the reality of who you are. God, as we look at this statement, you said you are the good shepherd. What does that mean to us today? God, may you give clarity. God, I have many thoughts on my heart and my mind, and may I be able to communicate what you want for your people at this time. Empty me of self, fill me with your spirit, and may you receive all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm convinced that the reason God cannot work in our lives and in our families and even our church the way we need Him to and even the way He desires is that we have given our ear to the strange voices. Day after day, the shepherd is trying to speak into our lives, but we drown him out with all the other voices that we've allowed in our lives. You say, what are those other voices? Well, can I give you six voices that will compete with the voice of the shepherd in our lives, even as Christians. Maybe you've heard some of these voices before. The, verse, the first voice is the voice of defeat. Have you ever heard that voice? It sounds like this. You always give in to that temptation. You always. You'll never be able to handle it. You're such a hypocrite. You say one thing, but you do another. You're never faithful like you should be to your Bible reading and to your prayer time. You ever heard those voices before? That's the voice of defeat. What about this voice? Maybe you're familiar with it. It's called the voice of discouragement. It sounds like this. You have no purpose. You're really not that important. People really don't appreciate what you do. And what you do, it really doesn't matter. You add no value. You ever heard that voice? The voice of defeat, the voice of discouragement. What about this voice? The voice of depression. Circumstances are overwhelming, regret is consuming, and the sickness is too difficult, and there's no way out, so you might as well give up. You ever heard that voice? The voice of defeat, the voice of discouragement, the voice of depression. What about this voice? This voice comes in a lot of different ways, the voice of distraction, and sometimes this voice can look like relationships, and sometimes this voice can look like a job or money or sports or hobbies. And those things are not necessarily bad, but when it distracts you from the voice of the shepherd, it can cloud your vision. The voice of defeat, the voice of discouragement, the voice of depression, the voice of distraction. What about this voice? The voice of doubt. It sounds like this. I don't even know if I'm saved. I don't know how God could ever use me. I think I'm just too broken to ever be whole. The voice of doubt. You ever heard that voice? What about this voice, the final voice? And this voice in our culture and in our sin-sick, broken world is very loud. And this is the voice of defilement. It may sound like this. Nobody will know. Just give in because it will make you feel good. That woman at work treats me better than my wife. It's just one text message to a man who's not my husband. It's your life and your body. Do what will make you happy. The voice of defilement. You ever heard any of these voices before? In fact, they're probably familiar to all of us. 
And day after day and week after week, these voices penetrate our lives. And these voices come into our lives from a bunch of different sources. Some of those sources are people. Some of those sources may be music, TV, media, entertainment, social media, and our own thoughts, the warfare of our own mind. These are the sources of the voice. And if we are going to survive the noise and the clutter of these voices, we must learn to silence the source. Can I say that one more time? If somehow in 2020, you as a believer is, are going to follow the shepherd's voice, you are going to have to make the decision to silence the source of all these other voices. You must make the decisions to turn down the music to walk away from certain people, to turn off the television, to stop liking and sharing and commenting and scrolling and start leaning in to the only voice that matters. And that's the shepherd's voice. The shepherd's voice can be heard through many different sources. It can be heard from exactly what we're doing right now, the teaching and the preaching of the Word of God. The shepherd can speak to you through that. It also can be heard from godly music that lifts up the name of Jesus, the personal reading of God's Word, your own quiet time in conversation with other believers. And here's the truth that should sober us this morning. Whatever source we allow to be the loudest in our life will be the voice we respond to the most. I'm going to say that one more time because I believe it's so good we need to hear it. Whatever source we allow to be the loudest in our lives, will be the voice we respond to the most. And as a Christian, as a sheep, the Bible clearly tells us the benefit of listening to the shepherd. The only way to have a godly marriage, the only way to raise godly children, the only way to be a witness, the only way to serve successfully as a Christian is if I hear and respond to the shepherd's voice. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to the, one of the most famous passages that deals with God being our shepherd. And that is Psalms 23. And I'm actually going to have some help to read this psalm. Cruz, will you make your way up here, buddy? Cruz Rigdon had a uh, desire to reach more people. So Cruz started doing a YouTube devotional. It's called Faith Builders, right? Mm -hmm. Faith Builders with Cruz. You can find it on YouTube. And he did this past week a devotional on Psalms 23. And he did such a good job with it. I'll hold the microphone for you and you read it. I want him to read Psalms 23, 1 through 6 for us, okay? Okay. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over." Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Let's give him a hand. Thank you, buddy. 
I think God might have big plans for Mr. Cruz. Wasn't that wonderful, reading through those six verses? Very well done. But I want to give to you six benefits this morning of listening to the shepherd's voice. Number one on your outline, this would be the first fill in the blank. Look at verse 1 of chapter 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Number one, when you listen to the shepherd's voice, he becomes your dream definer. Dream definer. Notice, I did not say he was a dream granter. He's not a genie in the bottle that you can rub the side of and he pops out and he gives you three wishes. Whatever you wish, you get. But once you start listening to the shepherd's voice, something starts to happen inside every believer when you hear his voice. And the best way I can put it is like this. He starts to change your wanter. You say, what's your wanter? Well, come hang out with my three and five-year-old and you'll find out what your wanter is. It's put into your life at a very early age because this is a lot of the conversations we have. I want, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. I mean, very early we learn those words because we want certain things. But as you listen to the shepherd's voice, something starts to happen. You start to have different desires. You start to have different dreams. And he starts to lead you down a path you may have never imagined for yourself. And the only way I can explain this and the only way I can really tell you how this works is just my own life. This may shock some of you, but my dream when I was a young person was not to be a pastor. It was not to do this. It was not to put on a suit and to talk in front of a bunch of people. My dream as a young person was to start at shortstop for the Atlanta Braves and start at point guard for the University of North Carolina. Those were my dreams. But something began to happen in my life at an early age. I would sit in services like this, and I would hear God's word preach, and there would be a faint sound, and it was the shepherd's voice. And as I got into my late teens and went to college and got into my early 20s, the shepherd started to guide and lead me. And he started to change my dreams for my own life. And what I'm trying to get you to understand this morning is I am at the place where I am this morning as a 32-year-old young man married with two kids. And I've not done this perfect. I'm not trying to brag on myself. I understand I'm just a sinful man that's saved by grace. But I am here where I am this morning because to the best of my ability, with my whole heart and my whole life, I've tried to listen to the shepherd's voice. And when he said go left, I tried to go left. And when he said go right, I tried to go right. And through those times of listening to him, my life intersected on the exact same point of where he wanted me to be. And I met my wife in college and God gave me kids and I am living a dream. Because I've listened to the shepherd's voice. And listen, I've had ups and I've had downs and I've had difficult times. I've had hard times. I've had times of tears and I've had times of rejoicing. But what I'm saying is when you listen to the shepherd, he defines your dreams. And what you, listen, when I was 23, this wasn't my dream for my life. But all, I, all I've done is I've just tried to follow him. I've tried to say yes when I was supposed to say yes and no when I was supposed to say no. And as you listen, he starts to define your dreams. And here's what happens. 
Too many times we allow the other voices to control our lives and the enemy steals our dreams. A lot of times we focus on the last part of what he said in John chapter 10. He said the thief comes to kill and to destroy. But what's the first thing he does? The Bible says he steals. And maybe you're sitting here this morning and the enemy's stolen some dreams from you. Maybe there was a time in your life that you had a passion and a burning desire to serve in a certain ministry, and because you've listened to the other voices, that's been stolen from you. Maybe you had a dream for your marriage, a dream for your family, and because of circumstances and situation, the enemy went in there and stole those dreams from you. But if you just can get quiet and start listening to the shepherd's voice again, I promise you he'll give you new dreams. I promise he'll give you new desires. Number one, he's a dream definer. But number two, the second point on the outline is he's a desert deliverer. Look at verse two, a desert deliverer. Verse two says, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. The shepherd is saying, if you follow me and you follow my voice, there will never be a time where you'll have to be hungry and you'll have to be thirsty. I'll always satisfy your needs. But sometimes, because we listen to the other voices, we find ourselves in a spiritual desert. And we starve ourselves spiritually. And we come and we have this desert mentality. You say, what is a desert mentality? Well, it sounds like this. I'm never moved to worship. I'm not convicted about my sin. I get bored listening to God's Word being preached. I choose hobbies and rest over being in church. And I've lost my burden for souls. It's easy to find yourself in those situations. It's easy to find yourself in the desert of spirituality. But can I give you, if you are there this morning, can I give you what to do to get out of that desert? It's a shift of perspective. When my perspective is shifted, then my heart begins to worship. That's why what we did this morning with those songs and that music is so important. Yes, God's Word being preached is important, but the worship is important because when I sing about Christ, my perspective gets off of myself and gets on the shepherd. And when my focus is on the shepherd, I start thanking him for leading me beside the still waters and leading me beside the green pastures because I know without the shepherd, I would be starving spiritually. And so he's a desert deliverer. He's a dream definer. He's a desert deliverer. Number three, he's a doubt destroyer. Look at verse three. He restoreth my soul, and He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. And underline these last four words. For His namesake. Too often we limit God because of our doubt. We limit God in our lives because we think very ignorantly that we have something to do with it. We're not used of God like He wants to use us because we think somehow, mainly because of our pride, that we have something to offer God. But listen to what the verse says. He says that I will lead you in the path of righteousness for His namesake. 
And if anybody in the room is going to be used of God, if anybody in the room is going to live a life that brings honor and glory to Him, it's not going to be because of your gifts or your talents or your abilities. It's only going to be because God saw fit to use your life to bring honor and glory to Him. That's the only way that works. And when I was studying and preparing, the Holy Spirit just gave me this truth so strong and hammered it in my heart, is that it's not about you. It's not. I mean, look through the whole Bible. There's example after example of God using people that should have never been used. David was too young. Moses was too old. David was too short and inexperienced to defeat Goliath. Moses had a problem speaking in front of people, so how in the world was he going to go stand in front of Pharaoh and say, let my people go? David had a really bad lust problem. And Moses had a really bad anger problem. But yet both of them were used by God in a mighty way all because they decided to listen to the shepherd's voice. And when doubt comes into our life, and when doubt overwhelms us, that's when we need to remind the enemy, it's not about me anyway. Listen, there are days that I don't want to do this. There are moments in time that I know my life would be easier if I walked away from ministry. But do you know what brings me back? Do you know what allows me to stand up here? Because sometimes when I'm sitting there, there's doubts that come to my mind. What are you getting ready to go do? It's because it's been time after time I go back to places where the shepherd was so clear with his voice. And that's my confidence. I'm not doing this for myself or for anybody else. He's a dream definer. He's a desert deliverer. He's a doubt destroyer. I like this one. Number four. He's a death defeater. A lot of times, Psalms 23, you will hear at funerals for verse 4. And a lot of times, because Psalms 23 is read at funerals, we don't necessarily understand. This is what the shepherd does on a day-to-day basis for a Christian. When David wrote this, he's saying, this is what I've experienced following the shepherd in my life. This is what he does for me and for you on a daily basis. But in Psalms verse, chapter 23, verse 4, we find that he's the death defeater. Look at what it says. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. For the believer... I love what this verse says. What a beautiful picture. It says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. For the believer, that's all death will ever be. It will just be a temporary shadow that we have to walk through. This is what the Bible says. This is what Jesus said. This is what the shepherd said. I am come that you might have life and that you may have it more abundantly. And that means in this life, but it also means a lot more in the next life. Because he said, I am come that you might have eternal life. And yes, all of us. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die. And we will, if the Lord tarries, have to experience this temporal death. But it's just temporary. 
Because as the Bible says, to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. And no matter how much pain and no matter how fearful for the believer who have placed their trust in Jesus Christ, this is a temporary death, but we have eternal life with Jesus forever. And so much of our energy and our time is focused on this life. And this is so temporary. At best, if I live 80 years, it's so temporary. I'll spend forever somewhere. And as a believer, you can know that's heaven. John said in 1 John chapter 4, sorry, chapter 5, verse 13, he said, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know, that you may know that you have eternal life. He's a death defeater in verse 5. He's a dynamic defender. Look what the Bible says in verse 5. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. There's so much in Psalms 23, and I'm having to skip certain parts for the sake of time, but this is a powerful, powerful scripture. And notice what the the first part says. Of verse 5 says that thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. When you find yourself in the middle of what you think will destroy you, God said, I've already prepared a place to sustain you. When you find yourself in the middle of something that you think is going to destroy you, a place, a table to sustain you. And listen, I know that there's a lot of craziness going on in this world. And I know there's a lot of unknown. And I know there's a lot of distress. And I know there's a lot of fear. But you know what I think God is getting ready to do? Is I think He's preparing a table, a place to sustain. And do you think it's by accident that Trinity Baptist Church is getting ready to get out of debt and be set forth on a path to do more ministry and impact more families with what's going on in our world? Do you think that's on accident? Do you think God just, oh, well, this would be a good time? No, you know what God is doing? He's making a place in West Asheville when it feels like when you go outside these doors, you are surrounded. You are surrounded by people who are trying to destroy and the enemies of our faith. But there's a place that I can walk into that God is sustaining me and giving my family hope. Sometimes what we think we want is not really what we need. And maybe God is setting on fire our country so that people will run to what really matters. And we're being here it's the table. God says, I've got a place. You just got to come in. Because he's a dynamic defender. Here's the last point. Let's just review. He's a dream definer. He's a desert deliverer, a doubt destroyer, a death defeater a dynamic defender. And when you listen to the shepherd's voice, you have a definite dwelling. Look at the last verse of Psalms 23. Probably one of the most quoted verses in the Bible. But the Bible says in verse 6, Surely goodness 
and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This might be the understatement of the year, but there's a lot of things I'm unsure about. There's a lot of things that I just don't have certainty, that are unknown in our country and in our culture. But there is one thing that I am definite and I am confident and I am certain about, that surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Listen, there's a lot of places that I've visited in my life. There's a lot. I've gone to different states. I've gone to different countries. I've lived in different states. A lot of different places that God's allowed me to visit. But you know what? I think Dorothy had it right. What did Dorothy say? There's no place like home. There's no place. Because you know why home is so special? Because home is where you dwell. I get, I've visited some amazing places before in my life. And no matter, isn't it interesting how this works? This is how God's made us. No matter how awesome the location is, no matter how beautiful the location is, about a few days into it, there's a hungering and a longing to go back home. Because home is where you dwell. Home is where you're known. Home is where you find safety. And the smell and the sight and the sound of walking into your home brings peace into your soul. And if this life keeps going on and the Lord doesn't come back, along this journey of life, there's going to be a lot of places you may have to visit. You may have to visit a hospital room. You may have to visit a cancer center. You may have to visit a graveside of a loved one. You may have to visit the darkness of depression. You may have to visit the fire and trials of tribulation. You may have to visit the disappointment of expectation. And you may have to visit the brokenness of your own sin. But if you are a child of God, I promise you, you may have to visit these places, but that is not where you dwell. Because as a child of God, I am confident of this very thing, that if I listen to the shepherd's voice, I will dwell all the days of my life in the goodness and the mercy of God. And it doesn't matter who the president is. And it doesn't matter what phone call you get this week. Because I know. They're going to sing a song of invitation. Can I read you the lyrics to this verse, verse, second verse? I'm sorry. This is why I asked them to sing it. It simply says this. The second verse of this song says this. It says, I love your voice because you have led me through the fire and through the darkest night. I've known you as a father and I've known you as a friend. And I have lived, but let's say it like this, I have dwelt in the goodness of God. Would you stand all over the building? Do you hear His voice this morning? Maybe it's been a long time since you've heard it. The altars are open. 
If God spoke to you this morning, maybe it's for salvation, maybe it's for rededication, maybe you just want to spend some time listening to His voice, but they're going to sing this song of invitation. I love your voice. sing the second verse one more time.
That second verse says, through the darkest night. I've had some dark nights in my life. Me and my wife walked through some dark nights. Wondering if we would ever have children. Went through the loss of a baby. A lot of disappointments. My, how were they dark. But through the darkness, I heard a voice said, I've got a plan. And here's my little two and a half year old little beautiful girl. Here's my four year old beautiful adopted son. And can I just say this this morning? All my life you have been faithful. And that's why this is so important is because there's a generation coming up behind us that has to understand there are still people who knows what it means to dwell in the presence and the goodness of God. Go back and sing that second verse one more time and go into the chorus. There's still people praying in the altar. But God is good. And I thought about not saying this, but God forbid me if I walk out of here ever thinking I'm not going to brag on Him and what He did in my life. Sing that second verse again. Thank you. praise you that you are our shepherd. And God, may this week we silence the voices that are trying to distract us and defeat us. And may we lean in to the only voice that matters. God, you are our dream definer. And God, you are a definite dwelling in a, such an uncertain world. God, I praise you this morning for the goodness I've experienced in my own life. And God, may we walk out of the building with the reminder that in the exact circumstance and situation we are in right at this moment, 
you have prepared a place to sustain us. God, I thank you for this church. I thank you for these people. God, may we go out and be light like we've never been before. May you receive all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, don't miss next week. Pastor Ralph is going to bring a message on I am the light of the world. Oh, it is fantastic. You don't want to miss it. Join us next week. And until then, we'll see you soon.